You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, movies, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Dury. Let's go. All right, I'm here for a for a three man pod with Cam Harpole, returning to the show, formerly of our Dune episode, um, and Jason Showalter making his first appearance. So had to convene all three of us to talk about the biggest movie out right now, maybe the biggest movie of the year. We'll see, and that of course is the Batman. So uh, welcome, guys. Hey, what's up? Funny. Very <laughs> early in the year to say that it's going to be the biggest movie of the year. But... Well, we'll get it. We'll. We'll have some predictions to come, but biggest movie right now for sure. So we all saw the Batman over the weekend. Um, we're going to be getting into it here. This will be a spoiler episode. So if you've not yet seen the Batman, go see it. And then you can listen to us on your drive home from the theater. I uh, would definitely recommend seeing it. So yeah, we're going to get into right into spoilers, but want to get your guys' opinions. First is initial thoughts on the movie. Let me give a little bit of the background just of, of what the movie kind of concept was. Of course, this is a, the first, um, film done by matt reeves in the first batman movie since well there's been so many so since the the first standalone batman movie since the the christopher nolan trilogy and then of course we had the spinoffs with within the justice league and stuff but weren't their own batman movies so anyways matt reeves directed the batman starring robert pattinson and the concept here is it's kind of a year two batman which um it doesn't mean a lot to me, but it means something to comic book people, apparently. Um, so basically, he's already, it's not Batman Begins. He's already within the role. Um, not as much of an origin story as just jumping right into where he's at. Um, and we, a couple of the initial thoughts just are, you could tell from the trailers, but as we watched it, it's it's the darkest Batman movie in, as far as literally like visually dark. I don't know if it's the darkest concept wise, but it's dark, it's rainy the entire time. Um, and there's, you know, the kind of plot of the movie hinges on corruption within, um, Gotham's, um, like politicians and leaders and stuff, as well as the police force. And it goes from there. So we'll get into kind of the details of the, of the plot and characters, but want to get your guys' thoughts, Jason, if you want to go first, just kind of your overall opinions on the movie. Um, we'll save ratings and stuff till later, but just what did you think after seeing it the other day? Yeah. Um, I see, I started on Sunday and my first initial thought uh, before going. So I went to see it at the movie theater that I used to work at. So, um, it's a brewery, brewery movie theater. And, uh, my first initial thought was I saw the runtime. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I want to eliminate as many bathroom breaks as possible. So, um, I had like a cold coffee two hours before the film. And then I drank maybe like two small glasses of water throughout it. Cause I, I just, I was very excited to see the film. Obviously there was a lot of buildup cause it was delayed, due to COVID, I don't know how many times, um, maybe just once now that I think about it, but yeah, uh, I didn't want to miss any of it. So sat down. My, the first thing that stood out to me was, um, visually, I mean, definitely dark. Um, there's probably. It's like the battle battle of Winterfell in there. Like you can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there might've been, uh, two scenes that were in daytime maybe three and if there were robert pattinson definitely was rocking the the gothic emo (laughs) look very well um no i mean cinematography wise i thought it was amazing um 
the darkness of it in general, um, just just the the brutal moments of the action scenes or just the story itself uh, that drew me to the film a lot. Um, and then something else I'm sure we'll dive into it later when we talk about characters was I, I, I love the um, it, it almost has like a Zodiac killer reference when it comes to the Riddler, how they decided to do his role. And that's one of like my favorite stories. I'm kind of like a crime junkie, a true crime serial killer guy. Um, so like that stuck out to me a lot, um, which that was a huge reason why I wanted to see the film, you know, just to see, don't give me that look just to see. You said um, I'm kind of a serial killer guy. <laughs> Serial killer uh, documentary guy. Sorry, skip that part. Um, so I just wanted to see like kind of how like you know Paul Dano portrayed that, and and I was I was hooked right off right off the bat. So um, that was something that really stood out as well. Um, and and I was intrigued to see you know how you did mention it was year two of Batman, so it's kind of like he's figuring his role out in society or just for himself, kind of figuring out his legacy and whatnot. Um, and I think it, it sets it up well to move forward to see just how robert pattinson does as batman mm -hmm. yeah that's good cam yeah i mean we talk about a dark visually film but uh, concept wise and everything else in between uh, quite dark we have a super intelligent stalker murderer <laughs> and we <laughs> see some of those scenes a few times actually and so yeah so i love that so yes, that's a great movie, but it was uh, like everything about it. I, I think I loved the visual and the audio of just the presence of what like characters aside, right? Gotham itself, like this is the most or the best portrayed, I guess, realistic version of what Gotham is. You have criminals just running the streets, right? I mean, you, you you feel immediately immersed into what you think Gotham City is and that it actually does need this kind of more uh, intense <laughs> Batman to clean up these streets and, and strike fear into all these creatures of the night that he's walking with. But I, overall, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I, I think Robert Pattinson did a really good job. I think it's a very different Batman movie than we've seen, at least on the big screen not all the other renditions of their animated Batman movies, because there's quite a bit. But comparing just the films on the big screen alone, very different take on Batman and almost a more, I don't know, kind of realistic, more just... He doesn't have a ton of gadgets Batman. or anything, yeah. No, it just, it's kind of a, he is the kind of, when people make jokes about Batman, just a guy in a suit. It's kind of what he is in this movie, and I like it. It was really good. Yeah, the scene yeah. where he tries to fly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think great. he could have sucked that landing a little bit better, but you know, <laughs> yeah, the wingsuit was something to to yeah. behold for sure. Well, Cam, what you said, I think just like the the overall tone of the movie, the um, and we're gonna talk about the score, which is pretty awesome, but also just all the sound design of, you know, the Batmobile when it starts and him walking and all this, you know, the the sounds really hit you, and I just think that it has more of a maybe it's a little extreme with like how much it was raining and how dark it was but it's felt like more of an established setting than like the no the christopher nolan um gotham ever did like i felt like from from the dark knight to the dark knight rises they were because they did they did shoot those in different cities and you could definitely tell like yeah. that they look completely different and this one just had more like established locations like the 
iceberg lounge or whatever it was called and like the various places that they would go just felt more more like a a place that has an identity rather than just kind of a blank city so i thought that Mm -hmm. that was really good um and yeah the we can get into the plot and stuff too but any thoughts on just well i'd be curious to hear what you guys think because we throw around the word like cinematography a lot and we all like kind of know what that means but not really but um just the visuals of of some of the shots i think were more creative than most superhero movies would be um there's just a lot of different camera movement and stuff or cameras being like mounted places and things like that which were um just more interesting to watch than your your run-of-the-mill you know marvel movie or whatever that all look the same yeah i think you have a few very specific scenes for at least there's probably a collection of the same type of scene that you have where you know the riddler's watching through these glasses and they're kind of like almost fogging up on the sides so you're getting kind of that first person look through the window as he's stalking these people you have this super cool just long stare into the black area of the the screen you hear the footsteps and then all of a sudden once he actually emerges from the shadows seconds later then you do this huge wide shot of him kind of embracing his environment he like he is the knight you know like like that's they do a lot of cool stuff like that where I don't know. I just it, the environment to me is more so than the characters, but they did that showing you through kind of either a person's lens, or you have a group of like say the the clowns. Well, it wide shot in to all the clowns looking at him. You know, kind of zooming in and then back out. That kind of stuff is what I thought was cool. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it, the 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 appearance of the characters worked really well with the cinematography like you mm. said when when you see the shadow you see you hear the footsteps you're like oh it's okay here we go something's about to happen obviously and then he just slowly appears and it, it just blended really well and then like you said the wide wide camera response with the criminals and then same with um the riddler i mean you hear the breathing and i was actually caught off guard at first because that's the opening scene and I couldn't tell because you hear the breathing. You're like, okay, is it is it Batman? Is it Riddler? Um, soon, soon enough, you find out. Um, and then the same with just how they portrayed Colin Farrell as Penguin. I mean, all his cuts in the seat in the in the club. Um, it was just everything just felt like you were encapsulated in the scene. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I got you. Me, yeah, even like, I mean, even the camera at times it was like either wet from the rain or like there were parts that it seemed like were blurred out on the screen. Like he was definitely doing a lot as far as directing goes and trying to either show you certain things through that or even obscure certain things um, rather than just kind of a crisp, clear movie like most other superhero movies always have been. So yeah, similar to you know those um, Zodiac or Seven or whatever other wanna type of. Um, you know, crime thriller you want to talk about. Um, what do you guys think of the kind of plot of the movie as a whole? What worked for you? What didn't just from that two hour and 50 minute runtime? Um, Cam, you, if you want to go first, just kind of what did you think? How well did you think that that worked? I think we all like the aesthetics of the movie, but as far as execution throughout the, the plot. Yeah, well, I think pace is something that kind of goes in line with how they shot it. You talk about the cinematography, you talk about the pace and why everything feels good because everything looks good because it's all very consistent. So I think the longer film is fine. 
um, specifically towards the end, I know when we were watching it, we talked about kind of the end having some not bad thoughts, but kind of felt more Batman movie type. But after kind of going back in and then kind of listening to some other people's thoughts after watching it, making more sense, I think, story-wise for the three hours, what what they're trying to do with an early on Batman, with a darker Batman, to still see some character progression, which I don't know how in-depth you want me to go on that. We can come back to that to the end. But it made more sense, I think, in how they executed kind of the last 20, 30 minutes, because I thought up until that point, everything was very, I don't know, the pace, consistency throughout the whole story arc, the characters, the, the introduction, introduction of new characters that we actually haven't seen on film in a Batman movie for a long time, like the Penguin, and then a, I thought a better version of Catwoman. It felt good. I didn't feel like three hours was too bad. Um, the last 20, 30 minutes, I was questioning kind of, does this match what they've been doing up until this point? And then now thinking and kind of reviewing where they start, where Batman started from and where he, where the city was at to the end. I think it does make more sense. I think, I think it was executed really well. I think I'm on board with it. I probably need to watch it a second time to see if my thoughts match what's actually in the film or if I'm briefly Yeah, you're talking mostly about like the vengeance piece, right? Like as far as yeah. that being his role and then kind of the turn from that at the end, more of a hopeful end. Yeah. And I think part of it was hard, like us not knowing who he was until this movie. Like they're trying to do a lot of groundwork to so we know where he right. is now for him to then turn from there into right. maybe a more optimistic piece. Um, so, but yeah, Jason, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think one of the main things if you're going to have a runtime even over like two and a half hours, um, you want to make sure kind of cam to your point that the pace is, is pretty consistent. I mean, you can have a little waves and then obviously some high moments here and there. You don't want it to feel drawn out. Um, and I didn't feel that it was a very slow. I mean, it wasn't a slow movie, but I didn't feel like there were moments where like this just seems like a filler or um, I, I, I didn't become uninterested. It didn't feel like it was around three hours. Um, and that could just be because I was taking everything in, um, on the storyline itself. I didn't really, one thing I forgot to mention earlier was it didn't really seem like a typical superhero movie to me. It seemed more, um, I mean, Batman movie, but I don't compare that to a superhero movie because he doesn't really have superpowers. Right. So that's kind of how I view a superhero movie. I know that sounds crazy, but the film itself just seemed like a great, you know, detective solve problem solving type of film, similar to seven. Um, I mean, the whole thing is trying to figure out who he was as well as trying to solve this mastermind criminal with all these riddles and, and trying to track things down. Um, so the story to me, I, I felt was really well. Um, I think on Thursday, I read some review and people were just bashing the storyline, which I don't really care what people say online, you know, when it comes to things like that, I'm going to get my own opinion. Um, but I felt I, I have, I, I was never really a fan of Catwoman in any of the previous movies. Um, she just didn't seem like a strong character, not, not my interest of character. Um, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, I still think blows it out of the park back in 1993 in Batman Returns. Um, 
not going to talk about Halle Berry <laughs> or Anne Hathaway. Um, but I think they did a, a really good job with her side story that still kind of tied in a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah, really... I want to get to I want to get to Zoe Kravitz in a minute, but let me ask you this before we transition to some of the performances. So you mentioned that like we see Batman movies as different from superhero movies for some reason, which I think is true. Like, why is why is Batman the only superhero that we like take seriously? It seems like. I think it's true because I saw a tweet this this week that was that said how funny it is that the like basically the American equivalent of playing Hamlet is playing Batman. And like, <laughs> it's true. Like we we give a certain gravitas to the performances as well as the movies and the seriousness of them. And it's because of what came before with, you know, the Dark Knight and then back to mm-hmm. you know the Keaton Batmans and stuff, too. But I don't know if it's something about the character like you're talking about with him, you know, not having the powers and stuff, but we do elevate Batman movies above other superhero movies, at least from like a prestige standpoint. So you guys have any thoughts on kind of why that is or what has led to that? Well, I don't know if it's because, well, let's see, Iron Man came out in 2008 um, and then Marvel's just kind of been Marvel since then. So we're, we're used to seeing a superhero movie with, you know, Captain America, Thor, you know, that, that type of superhero character. And then, yeah, I can't really compare that. Sure, it's DC, Marvel. I take that out of the picture. I can't really compare that to Batman. I mean, Batman is just a guy um, with a very interesting, dark, amazing story. Um, Sure, he's very wealthy, but also he's incredibly intelligent and smart and a great detective. And I think that, in a way, is his superhero power, um, if you want to give him one. Um, I mean, he has multiple abilities, sure, but... I think to my point, you know, when, when maybe in general, maybe just overall people will view a superhero movie as like the Avengers or, or Spider-Man, you know, you have some special gift that, that no one else has. So I think people can possibly relate to Batman a little bit more because he is just a guy at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if that answers it well enough. I mean, that's my take on it at least. Cam, do you have any thoughts? I, you guys are more into like comics and stuff than I am. So I don't know if you guys think that there's a difference from the characters, you know, as they were conceived in the comics that leads to a different, you know, portrayal on screen, like between mm-hmm. even a Superman and a Batman, like in the saying within DC, or it's just that the, these are the movies that people have chosen to take on and, and the directors that have done maybe more um, serious for whatever reason, adaptations of. I think think it's enhanced a little bit about what we see on the big screen with Batman specifically. I think that tone copies over to some of the comic books and even some of these animated series or the animated movies for all superheroes, Batman included. But you even like, let's just compare Batman to Superman for a quick second, is that you have a lot of bad guys, but Superman, you know, is indestructible. He's basically unkillable, right? And although there's a lot of bad bad things happening bad people corruption whatever around him he's still that kind of beaming source of of light consistently through and through and i think batman you have a world a whole city full of villains corrupt cops i mean just a lot of stuff that you can see in the everyday and even though batman's trying to fight against that he's never fighting it like yes he doesn't kill people i guess that's your kind of glooming beacon but it never feels like he's like this shining star right he is i think a vigilante i think probably closer to like wolverine like you have kind of a 
anti-hero they're not really but you get the vibes from that based on some of the decisions that they make um and kind of how they approach situations which makes it feel not like a superhero and more i don't know kind of kind of human kind of just reactionary having actual behaviors that a human would have and and being able to blend that into also technically being a superhero so i, I think I think there's a human qualities in Batman that does it, but I think it's kind of the world he's in and and the type of the type of city that that these villains are drawn to that Batman just happens to be in or they're drawn to because of Batman. Yeah, I think that just Batman just has the best catalog of villains too, which leads to what makes a often a great superhero movie is rarely the Batman, I think, performance is the best part of these movies. So um, let's get to the performances because let's start with the villains as I transition. Um, they're kind of three main villains. So I want to, there's three of us here. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. I'll let you guys pick first. Um, you guys can each talk about one of the, one of the villains and we can all comment, but um, if you wanted to pick one villain that was kind of stood out to you the most, Jason, um, or, you know, that you want to highlight in this time, the performances of the three main villains. Yeah. I mean, Riddler for sure. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, he was the main reason I really wanted to see this film. Um, do you wish that we hadn't known it was Paul Dano going in? Like well, they showed it in the trailer? I don't know. I mean, like I've always, like kind of to your point earlier, or not earlier, sorry, I keep saying that. Um, what you mentioned about Batman's villains, that that is a huge part of his character alone. You know, some of his villains kind of feel that they can relate to Batman, as mentioned in previous films or even this film. Um, so like, I think the villains in DC... Uh, to me, I, I enjoy them almost a little bit more than Marvel, uh, mainly Batman's villains. Um, so the Riddler always stood out to me. Uh, I, I knew I couldn't compare him to the Jim Carrey performance, but the Riddler always stood out to me. Um, just clever, smart, um, pretty evil, obviously. Um, and just just trying to outwit Batman in a way. Um, put him to a test, basically just play a game the whole time. Um, and then, you know, when it was announced he was in there and then they announced it was Paul Dano, I was like, oh, this is going to get this, this, this could be very, very good. Um, obviously his performances in There Will Be Blood or um, Prisoners, awesome movie. Um, and just seeing, I mean, how he can capture a role and almost take the viewer's attention, at least for me, he'll take my attention and I'll just be focusing on how he's portraying that role in each scene. Um, so if there is a scene with the Riddler in it, I am pretty much just watching that. I'm like, wow, this is, it's, it's amazing to see on film. You know, I appreciate that in, in film in general. Um, I, that was a big reason why I wanted to see it. Um, another thing that I was curious to see was um, Catwoman, you know, how they're going to do it. Um, I, like I said, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think is still that that's my cat woman just because of, you know, I grew up during that time. I'm a little older than you boys. Um, but, you know, I think just to see, just to see how her, hey, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Okay. Justice for my Anne Hathaway cat woman. <laughs> just kidding. You're all alone on that one. Um, yeah, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> she wasn't bad. Um, no, I thought she did a great job too. Um, and, and to see kind of, you know, her, work with batman uh to kind of get her way obviously she wanted to find out what happened to her friend roommate um 
but Batman knew the deeper meaning was like, hey, I'll help you here, but I'm going to need your help to, to bring out the rat. Obviously, at the time, we thought it was Penguin. Transitioning into that, um, Colin Farrell did an awesome job. You didn't even know it was him. I, if you didn't know he was casted as that, you would not, you couldn't tell. He was unrecognizable. Um, actually, I think he probably brought the only comic relief to the film. Like, looking back, I want to watch it again. Obviously, I'm probably going to try to watch it this week but i can't think of any other moment where there was a little bit of comic relief maybe some but it wasn't like it wasn't something that stood out no not at all no Cam, did, Cam, did you have a um one of the villains that you relief. thought was the main yeah. yeah sorry yeah go ahead no let me just save my comic relief gordon not knowing how to solve anything worse <laughs> for detective oh he was horrible yeah good point that's good comic relief is that a riddle is that a riddle? This mean? You didn't even read the note, Gordon. Let's get out of here. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I think they all stood out individually. I, I didn't think it was you know, ship wasn't too full with that many villains. Like I was concerned about, you know, is it just going to be overstuffed film? Um, but. Not that they didn't play huge roles, it just they all played a part of the same story. So you didn't have to work that hard, I guess, to try to make any of them stand out without them doing it themselves. And the performance wise, I think was really phenomenal. I liked the penguin. I, I really liked him. It, it is Colin Farrell, although face, I don't believe it. Voice, everything it's just crazy. But I liked I liked the character. I think as far as kind of, you know, him being in charge of the club, I think that was kind of um, cool to see because, you know, we were talking about these environments earlier with them feeling more unique and having some sort of importance. It's not another club, right? And, you know, Batman enters the club, I don't know, three different times, right? And kind of different vibes each time you go in through the entrance and what's going on and, and just seeing the, yeah, just seeing Colin just play this ugly fat mafia guy it was pretty good it was pretty good plus he was part of like one of my favorite scenes and that was the car chase scene yeah oh yeah we're gonna get to the car chase for sure <laughs> yeah i want to mention honorable mention to who i thought was one of the most kind of compelling parts of the movie and maybe it's because we didn't know he was coming but john Turturro as as falcone and i yeah. just thought he had a, yeah. gra a gravitas to him throughout and i thought that in some ways what made it hard for me to transition to kind of the the third act was the peak with his plot line um, and, the, and the confrontation with him and, and Batman and Catwoman. And I just thought that that stuff was really interesting. And with him, with um, Thomas Wayne and stuff and their history and all, all the stuff that went into that, I thought was really interesting. And yeah, like I said, just the, the gravitas that he had, you could tell that he was, you know, like they say, running all of Gotham basically. Um, and so transitioning from that to, you know, these little riddles um, and vans that are going to explode the entire seawall somehow was a little tough for me. Um, but I do agree, Cam, like you said, it's kind of how you came to understand that as far as the progression of it. It felt a little bit like Riddler was kind of in the background compared to some of that stuff um, with, you know, he's, I mean, they're connected because he's the one trying to take down Falcone and all this other, you know, corruption and stuff. But then once he then is giving himself up and it becomes, just a little bit, I don't know, it It changed a lot for me. And probably the biggest factor in that, honestly, is just that they went from Gotham being 
you know, dark and rainy and everything else. And suddenly they're in Madison Square Garden, like, and the city is flooding. I'm like, if they had set up this like flood potential, maybe they did. I need to watch it again. But I just thought that kind of came out of nowhere. So um, overall, though, I definitely really liked it. And I think that having multiple villains is one of the cool things that these Batman movies do. So, and the Penguin will still be around. And probably, I mean, the Riddler could come back too. He's just in, in prison. So yeah, um, further thoughts on Zoe Kravitz. I want to mention, Jason, you were talking about her as, you know, kind of a side character. I think that's true. But I think one of the cool things about this was that she's not like Batman's sidekick. She's basically got her own plot as far as her motivations and stuff for being a part of the investigation. And it's really it's like an A plot, B plot rather than like her just following whatever Batman says. And they just kind of run into each other from time to time. So I really liked that. She was, she was great um, in the role and has taken over for Anne Hathaway for sure. Um, but yeah, thoughts on Zoe Kravitz and we can get into Pattinson as well here. I thought she, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good addition. I liked her in the story. I liked her character. I liked, um, she made her joke about the nine lives. But then yeah. they also made a joke a couple times about, I think Batman did, about uh, her hair and a wig or whatever. She liked wearing it. And then you realize that she's wearing multiple different colors and kind of undercover and doing this. So like her nine lives are kind of like nine different personalities almost. And I, I thought that was pretty cool just because you have a, a very interesting character that has her own motives and you don't really know what they are. And so that is almost a better villain to me, even though she's not 100% villain per se, that is kind of how Catwoman is, is whatever benefits her in the end. You just can't see that end during it, right? And so it's you have her kind of playing for the good guys, helping out with the investigation, helping Gordon, helping Batman, but ultimately she was completing her own mission. But yeah, mm -hmm. I liked the story. I liked the arc. I liked kind of some subtleties that they threw in there it was yeah it was really well done yeah i would agree to that point as well i mean she doesn't really come off as a villain too much at least to me she didn't um you know she knew the end game like she knew what she wanted at the end of the day um she knows how to play the game to use what she can to, to get her way ultimately um that is a good reference to about the wigs and the nine lives and different, I don't know, personalities, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I selfishly would have liked a little more time with, with some, some, some of the other characters. Um, Cause Alfred. Kind of hey, Alfred. Yeah. they hey. did Alfred dirty. Hey, they, did Alfred. They, did, they did him dirty, man. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, kind of earlier what you said josiah i mean they did it's pretty much as soon as riddler turned himself in um it's almost like his character was pretty much done in a way i mean once he was in you know there was the interrogation scene that they they talked and that was awesome to see but then it was just kind of like all right boom done now it's on to the next part which i do want to mention one thing about that when he turned himself in sort of why did they not when they first saw the pictures of the ice cube lounge, whatever it was called, I'm forgetting. Why didn't they just trace and just look up where the camera was, where the picture was taken from? Does that make sense? Because that's where the Riddler's apartment was. 
they did not do very good detectiving in this movie for it being no. a detective. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes of CSI. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, that was something that stood out to me. Like after the as soon as I left the movie, I was like, wait a second, that stood out. But anyway, sorry. Back on top. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think I think Zoe did a great job. Um, there's more to her character, and I I think I'm I'm excited to see just just you know how how they're gonna include her. I would assume there's going to be a sequel. So I want to see how that goes moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Real quick on Pattinson, just um, your, your rating, maybe um, how you rank him along the other Batman's Christian Bale, um, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, if you want anybody else. Um, good Batman. It was kind of hard. There wasn't a lot of Bruce Wayne moments yeah. with him. So it's kind of hard to scale him that way. Um, I do the same thing with like Spider-Man and Peter Parker, you know, kind of who is, who, who portrayed it the best. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I liked it. I was kind of on the fence a little bit, you know, um, when you hear Robert Pattinson, I would assume people think of like the Twilight Saga, maybe off the bat. I don't know. Uh, so it was kind of hard to like picture, you know, that. Just, just put that together. Um, but I think he did a great job. Um, you know, he's figuring out his role as Batman, as Bruce, um, figuring out what he means to the city, figuring out how he can almost be accepted in a way. Um, and I thought he did a very good job with that. If I were to rank him, uh, I still like Michael Keaton probably the most. Um, so I'll probably go Michael. Christian Bale and then Robert Pattinson's right there. Um, I'm not going to include Val Kilmer or George Clooney. <laughs> it's like I'll just leave or it to the side. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't count him as Batman. Yeah, it's a personal choice. Just because he hasn't had a standalone, and it just seemed like it just seemed like a very weird fit. Um, I, I mean, agree. he he is a Batman, but I just don't. I don't put him in that. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's just yeah. my my thoughts. Yeah, Cam, what did you think? One of the little Easter eggs I saw was, for those that have seen some of Robert Pattinson's more recent work, um, Good Time, a movie that he was in with the um, with the Safdie brothers. The right at the beginning of the movie, there's a little like corner store bodega type thing, and the name of it it says on it Good Times Store or whatever. So I was like, oh, that's a little Easter egg for Pattinson. But yeah, Cam, what do you think of him? It's funny how Jason was breaking them out versus like Batman versus Bruce. Because I was kind of thinking if I'm ranking them, like I'm, I would rank Batman and Bruce Wayne separately for characters, right? Thank you. Kinda, Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I like Robert Pattinson's Batman best. Like I think Robert Pattinson's Batman is best, and Christian Bale is a better Bruce Wayne. And that maybe because Bruce Wayne, he's the voice. Yeah. Also, let me but, just say the costume looks a lot better in this one. I, when I went back and saw some stuff from The Dark Knight, like just the mask and stuff just kind of looks ridiculous. And maybe it's the lighting too. Like it mm -hmm. just stands out so much more than, than in this. Yeah. Looks, feels kind of everything and how he presented himself as Batman in all of these scenes, I think carried over to what you see 
or would want Batman to be like in, on the big screen, like more comic book, more animated kind of movies that we've seen with Batman. Like, I feel like he was closer to that than Christian Bale was. But Christian Bale played Bruce Wayne, who was also Batman. And Robert Pattinson was Batman, who sometimes decided he was going to be Bruce Wayne because he was using Batman to kind of uh, dismiss the fact that he is a human. He was kind of dehumanizing himself when he's calling himself vengeance and kind of seeking these things out. So I don't know. I, I don't know that I have a tier list below those because those are the two Batmans that I care about. Yeah. He also, as Bruce Wayne, like doesn't act any different than as Batman. He's just like still totally he's... sullen and like just staring at people the whole time. So doesn't really have like the the act, like especially mm-hmm. Christian Bale did, like when he would go to the the restaurants and, you know, the events or whatever else. So so that was different. He was not... He was not the playboy philanthropist right. the press that we wanted to see. Right. That's what I was thinking. He had he didn't have the playboy person. Definitely socially awkward, probably like homeschooled or something. Um, so he was, yeah, he was a little awkward, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it's it's Robert Pattinson style. I, I did like it. I mean, looking back and thinking about it, I, I did like his style a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did a very good job and excited to see where it goes from here if they do more. So so with that, let's look at, I've been seeing some kind of crazy stuff on online about people's opinions on Batman movies. We both kind of, or we're all from a similar generation as far as growing up with being in high school during the Nolan films and stuff. So I'm assuming neither of you guys think this movie is better than The Dark Knight, but let me ask you this. Do you guys think this movie is better than The Dark Knight? So, sorry, no, I, uh, yeah, you go Cam ahead. was a hard no. I'll just do a hard no, so then you can jump in. <laughs> So I think movie-wise, no. Um, Batman-wise, I think that's where, because I, sure. I did see something online where, yeah, mm-hmm. online where they were comparing, it's like uh, overall movie, um, Dark Knight, easily. Um, and then if it's just like a Batman, strictly Batman movie, um, this one, you know, I, I, I think this was a better Batman movie than Dark Knight. Um, I didn't feel as if, I was over flooded with the amount of villains that they did include. Um, I was a little worried because they were introducing new actors with new villains kind of all, all at once when the movie was first announced. So I was a little worried that way, but I, I thought they did a great job with it. Um, and they did a great job displaying kind of who Batman is, you know, his, his early like year two of Batman. He's still kind of figuring out the steps and whatnot. Um, so I think Batman movie, I'll say it's better than Dark Knight, but overall Dark Knight just blows it out of the water. I think Dark Knight's amazing. Yeah, I've been seeing some, and I'm glad you said that because I want to get into it a little bit, just some of the comparisons because I mean, I just think the Dark Knight was, and I saw it when I was like 16 or whatever. So it's like, that's always going to be <laughs> just an amazing experience. But there was, there's four main parts, I think, of that movie that are, are what puts it over the top and putting aside like the Heath Ledger performances all time, but like points in the movie, specifically like set pieces. So I don't want to compare them because I feel like each this movie has similar similar beats, but I've it's interesting to compare them. So, so you're the, selecting oh, yeah, you're selecting four particular four scenes, set pieces or scenes, yeah. Okay, not including Keith Ledger. Correct. Yeah, just um, moments. Yes. You know, I just make sure I'm following you. Go ahead. I mean this this discussion could be over with if we just said Heath Ledger. You know, I mean there's nothing in this movie tops Heath Ledger, so. No. But I think there's four parts that are similar that reminded me of The Dark Knight watching this movie, but I feel like we can go through them each and see if they compare or not. So first you have the opening scene, like 
a heist type scene. So you have the the bank robbery in The Dark Knight, and you have in this movie the um, like breaking and entering and murdering of the mayor, I believe. Um, yep. And I just think that the open, the kind of cold open of The Dark Knight is just all time as far as getting the setting the tone, getting you going, and everything else. And this one was good too. I mean, compared to most like superhero movies, I think that this did well but i just think that those things kind of pale in comparison so the big one is the car chase so that was i think the best part of this movie is the car chase and i wish they hadn't shown it in the trailer but it still was pretty amazing in the in the theater experiencing that then of course in the dark Knight, you have the um car chase followed by you know um, batman driving at the joker and the flipping of the semi and stuff and one of the kind of high points of that movie too so if you guys have any comments on just the car chase from this movie or overall kind of the, comparing those two what did you guys think of the car it looked cool it sounded cool when it showed up out of nowhere oh it sounded amazing it just seemed like it just i don't it's a different version of a, of a batmobile so i um, think it's not a good turn radius this environment perfectly yeah like because yeah. he doesn't have these gadgets you know what i mean like he jumped off a building in a squirrel suit like <laughs> <laughs> I thought the aesthetic of the car was that added to the car chasing because it just fit everything fit like that seeing that car like I didn't want like the 2023 new Mustang yeah. but in right. black you know what I mean did we so ever actually I, see him inside the car though or in or the inside of the car at all well, um, yeah because it was open <laughs> it was yeah okay the, like, but you know like in the dark night like there's times when you see him touching different Inside buttons on the dashboard and all those sorts of things. I don't mm. remember that from this. I could be mistaken, but I don't remember. Um, one thing that stood out is when he started the vehicle up, if anyone's drove a manual car to all our listeners out there, um, <laughs> it stalled he a little bit? starts it up. Yeah. And it just cuts kind of, Hey, there's a dog. Sorry. Um, and it just cuts. Um, yeah, I didn't know if he was like waiting for the penguin to drive away or what he was doing there, but yeah, I don't know if he was just trying to shift it into gear and it's just like, or he's just getting used to being the Batman and like some of the stuff, like the flying at the suit and other stuff, like he just doesn't totally have down yet. It could be that. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they, they did portray it that way. Um, to your point too, I wish they wouldn't have showed it in the trailer, but there was still a good amount in the scene that they didn't show clearly. Um, that was probably seeing that on the big screen too. Just you felt like you were in, you felt like you were in it. Um, you felt like you were in the scene, just the sounds, the, the movement, the, the car itself, the chase, the, the high adrenaline of the traffic. Um, that scene, I don't even know how long it was. I don't even care. I wasn't thinking about it. It was, it was a great scene to just, to just witness. I mean, I wish, kind of wish I could like witness that for the first time again. Um, yeah, I'd say that scene probably stood out top three scenes of the movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that's partially why I wish it wasn't in the trailer too, like seeing it for the first time in the, in the theater, but it still was, um, it's still hitting a lot of ways. So that was good. Um, yeah. Very well done there. And you weren't you, you, even in, even in the trailer, you weren't, you didn't know you what led up to it. The same yeah. thing. Right. There was the buildup, but then also just to get smacked on all sides of your face with the sounds during that car chase was everything. The, the music for that car 
Chase will give the entire music composition team a Grammy, whatever it takes. Did you think his main, like the main, like Batman theme, just basically sounded like the Imperial March? Like Correct. was he just yeah. stealing that? I thought they <laughs> took the, the best parts of Batman theme song and then just made Star Wars, and then this kind of a baby, and that was like yeah. the movie. And it was, but that didn't mind at all. Yeah, yeah was I crazy. wasn't mad about it. No, I think the music's probably better than the than the Dark Knight. Okay, so two other scenes I'll just mention quickly in the Dark Knight, just because I think it's amazing. The the interrogation scene with with the Joker when they go into the when he goes into the prison. I think you could. There's two in this one. There's one when um, they kind of capture Batman and then Gordon lets him get away. Or there's which was actually one of the more funny parts of the movie too. <laughs> he like just goes out the door and everyone gets locked in. And then um, when Riddler actually is captured and they have a similar kind of through the through the wall interrogation. And then just the the climax of the set piece of the two ships, um, you know, with the potential to blow each other up versus kind of this weird, like, shelter with people in the in the rafters. Like, and I don't understand also how the Riddler knew, because he made the comment, like, I didn't know I was going to get this many people following or whatever. So what was his plan? If he, what was his plan before knowing that, that he had this little, like, militia? that he could use i don't know just flood everyone i wonder if it could have been probably i mean a lot of what he was doing was for what he felt was right against basically against like the political um well just the politics of the city so he could probably had a kind of a point on that but obviously not the best method so he could probably um he probably had faith that i mean a good amount of the you know people of gotham could relate to kind of his actions and you know some people get drawn to that i'm sure uh but i don't think he was expecting what was it like 500 and something people um yeah that would have been a dud if no one showed up (laughs) which batman also only fights like 20 of them so i don't know how who took out the other 480 but you know that's how it goes yeah there was yeah it's just like your svp man only half show up but in this, in this case, only 10% show up. I think uh, I think how they portray it in the movie versus how it probably actually went down for that scene for this for the Batman movie is probably a lot different. You know, someone very intelligent, someone that's kind of been methodical about it. He's got the entire you know city carved out into his floor, but it made it seem as though once he got captured then like the very next day these guys are going to do that but i felt like there was a scene and i wish we could rewatch it in slow-mo because when they get into the riddler's apartment and they're reviewing his laptop and he has all his uploads and everything the one that they needed access to do for the password for everyone to take up arms wasn't a recent post like that had been built up for i think some time so i think by the time that he lets himself get captured right there there isn't anything but trust he's got people that yeah, are that backed up place, and, yeah. and are ready to go so i think in the movie it portrays it like it just kind of sure luck that those people showed up and supported him but in actuality i think i think that had already been planned and set up in a long kind of a longer stance maybe a few weeks i don't know yeah so i think knowing that and thinking about that more it makes that scene more realistic more realistic more believable that the people are showing up and 
that it wasn't just a dud of a plan. Yeah, that is that is still the part. Maybe when I watch it again, it'll make more sense, like with him stashing vans all over the city or something. But that just seemed kind of out of left field as far as a third act, like um, conflict and stuff. And yeah, the last 30 minutes or so didn't work as well for me. But overall, very much enjoyed the movie. Um, glad that there's, I mean, every time they do another Batman movie, it's like, why? But I'm glad that they did it. But with that being said, where do we go from here? Will there be more? Matt Reeves Batman movies with Robert Pattinson is, you know, they, they tease the Joker. Um, and overall, what's going on with DC as a whole? Because is just nothing connected at this point. They're just doing random spinoffs here or there. I have no idea. I don't know if you guys know. Um, but what are your thoughts on where, where Batman goes from here and where DC goes from here? Jason? I mean, I feel like it's kind of like the elephant in the room. It's always going to be DC versus Marvel when it comes to the cinemas. Um, and I don't know if you have the pressure of the DC fans who want, you know, something to compete against the Marvel movies. Um, and I think they have something here. Um, they just need to stick with something and run with it. I think they need some consistency. And I, I don't know why Ben Affleck was that whole thing happened, but it's kind of hard and it's confusing now, right? Because you have, you know, the whole justice league universe area, whatever you want to call it, where you have that Batman. And then you have the spinoff with a flash movie coming out. Um, and Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be in there. So I, we have, I think we're going to have three different jokers. We have two different, three different Batmans. We have, what else? Three different Suicide Squads. <laughs> we got three different Suicide Squads. Probably got only um, one Harley Quinn though. She's in all of it. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think they should just run with this. There was enough Easter eggs for for more to come. Um, I've seen some articles about whatever rage juice he shot in his leg at the end that it's a bane reference um interesting i yeah. thought it's a huge huge dose of adrenaline <laughs> yeah like was... a pre-workout or something just straight to the dome yeah. um i don't know that seemed kind of out there but um you know the joker reference or not reference, do you guys want I mean, to see another out. movie with the with the joker as the main villain if it's barry can, Keon? I, can i go on record and just yeah. say i do not want another joker i agree we just talked this whole podcast all three of us are literally saying batman has the coolest villains yes. not villain yes. not just joker yeah like batman has the awesome assortment of villains you saw how well it worked in this movie let's just keep that going i i, I, would, I would i'd like to i mean i think they should just stick with who they have i don't really i've seen some movies with barry obviously eternals but um a lot of people really want to see him as joker i mean two years ago three years ago we just had joaquin phoenix i don't know how they're going to tie that in um i think they should just stick with what they should take this and just run with it just kind of you know keep you know keep paul on as riddler keep zoe as catwoman keep colin as penguin and just just create your own like DC universe with it. I don't know. I mean, I think them jumping around so much shows that they are either insecure about, but 
you know, about the story or about their characters, or they just don't know what they're doing. And I think they have a really good opportunity right now to just stick with this cast. There was enough Easter eggs in the movie. I mean, it, it made 254 million over the weekend. So like something's working well there. Um, yeah. And I would kind of like it if they don't try to, I mean, they already tried and failed to kind of copy the Marvel formula with setting up for justice league and all the disasters that went along with that. So I, I would prefer like not worrying about continuity and just like, I still think that they do it too often. Like we don't need a new, a reboot of everything every five years, but you know, have this over here, have, you know, you can go into your, your bench of other heroes here and there, you know, hopefully not, but maybe they're setting up for like, they're going to have one more sequel and then suddenly it'll be Bat- Batman no way home. And we'll have, we'll have Christian Bale, we'll have Ben Affleck, we'll have, Liam Neeson will have everybody coming back, Tom Hardy, but gosh, I hope not. Um, but yeah, Cam, what do you think about kind of what is DC? I don't have the release schedule or anything in front of me, so I don't know what else is coming really other than what Jason mentioned, but um, where do they go from here? Just keep this as a contained, you know, two or three trilogy um, or any other thoughts? I think it depends on kind of where the art goes into number two, specifically for Batman, what they do with new characters what they do for returning characters, um, what I think they should do, because obviously that's the producers that Warner Brothers want to hear what my take is. I think leave Batman completely away from Justice League. Let the Justice League collection do their own thing and just keep Batman and just keep introducing these kind of very humanistic, but... Is there an Aquaman 2 coming? Aquaman yeah. 2 is this December or November? I think it's November. Actually, no. It comes out the same weekend as Avatar 2. Oh, <laughs> what, what else is premiering that weekend? I want to see some. Yeah, I don't know. Those. Is Henry Cavill even around anymore? Yeah, if they let him. If they let him. Well, let me ask you this. So let's look at, let's say the next two years. So end, end of 2023. We have the franchises. We're talking mainly about Marvel and DC. They definitely have the most quantity. And then we have also lur- kind of lurking. We have, you know, Star Wars. They don't have any feature films, you know, coming up too soon, but they have the shows. Lurking. Lurking, <laughs> lurking in the shadows on Disney+. Plus. Um, and then we have, um, you know, some others we can get to first. But let me ask you about Marvel first. This movie, The Batman, is better. Than- How many Marvel movies are better than this? Honestly, um, probably, I don't think I could count under five. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard because if you do standalone Marvel movies compared to when you have Avengers and, you know, all that stuff. um, What's your favorite Marvel movie, Jason? Oh, it's got to be, it's got to be No Way Home. Okay. At this point, um, that or Winter Soldier. Those are the two that are taken with me. Now, unless if, if you want to include like Marvel, like I would say probably X-Men 2 or Logan, but that's... I do not want to include those. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say that's kind of like out there a little bit. Yeah, um, I guess that could be another franchise coming back into the mix too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, with Doctor Strange coming out in two months. Um, Cam, what do you think? How many of these... How- did you like this more than most Marvel movies? Yeah, I would say more than a majority. Yeah, because it finally felt. Because I think when you're comparing it 
to like comic books and kind of how you feel and grew up on these superheroes, right? This movie felt like the closest type of Batman feel from comics and kind of growing up what Batman is, right? And I think that's why it's so different because a lot of the superheroes in the Marvel industry, you have a lot of these buddy team-ups. You kind of have more, I don't know, comedy, even though there's a lot of destruction and stuff. You have a lot of plays and you want to see different characters interact with each other, right? So I think that's, if you just split them down the, the middle like that, why I like the Marvel movies like that so much is because they remind me so much of the interactions that I saw growing up reading these comics. That's also why I would rate this quite high and why I rate Robert Pattinson Batman so high. Because I think as Batman, that's what I want to see. When you think of Batman, that's the kind of presence that you want. Yeah. But to your answer, I would still say there's probably quite a few. I don't know. There's so many. I'd have to digest that question and come back to you if you want like a list. But I think I think there's still a few really strong contenders on the Marvel side, but no, not a lot. I, I'd put this Batman movie pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I mean, Cam, I've been talking with you about this for like probably five years. You're probably sick of hearing about it, but I've gotten some Marvel fatigue. They got me back in in phase four, especially. Um, Ragnarok's probably my favorite Marvel movie. Um, I thought Infinity War was great um infinity war is really good end game was you know executed well not as good as infinity war in my opinion but anyways i digressed i was kind of at the point after seeing no way home which was very enjoyable but i also felt like kind of what was expected um which was good um well executed once again but my thought was this might be a good like exit ramp from marvel for me at least as far as seeing everything because i am not about to supplement seeing three or four movies a year with having to watch three or four tv shows a year on disney plus that are all pretty pretty mid in my opinion i like loki but other than that like i'm not doing that so what do we have to look forward to with marvel i think you guys sell me on, sell me on it because i think that they've peaked is my point i think what's going to be better than infinity war and endgame um nothing's going to be better than black panther one black panther two is not going to be as good um, you know, Thor Ragnarok, I think the other Thor, I think Taika Waititi is directing again. So I'd be excited about that, but, um, I just think that they've peaked. So I'm wondering what you think is like Shang-Chi. I enjoyed it, but it was some, you know, for the most part stuff that we've seen before. Um, so Eternals was not good. No. So I'm just trying, I'm, I'm finding <laughs> my exit ramp is what is my point. I'll probably still see some, if not all the movies but I have not, if the more that they lean into these TV shows, like having to see them in order to understand the movies, I'm not willing to do that. So, um, but yeah, what do you, what do we have to look forward to with Marvel in the next I couple think, of years? I think your Thor, your sequel to Thor, Love and Thunder is coming out with mm -hmm. the same cast Natalie and the Portman same back. kind of feel for. And it's got Guardians in it as well. Okay, oh, no I'm one cares out. about Natalie Portman. <laughs> but, but sure, yeah, she's back. She's talking big game. No one wants to see her hold the hammer. I don't care. <laughs> anyways that's not the sell the, everything else is about it everything that i think you'd love about ragnarok that made it such an enjoyable film i think is going to come back in the sequel and what they're going to do differently if you're talking about marvel movies and kind of breaking from the mold i hope and i pray that we will see this in the doctor strange 2 right you're Sam going Raimi, to get yeah. a very different feel for the movie you're exploring a lot more i mean you go back 
spoilers if you haven't watched the WandaVision show on Disney Plus, but you're like a year behind, is you kind of start getting to the end of where you see Scarlet Witch actually being Scarlet Witch, right? Like, so there's some sort of dark mystical stuff that she can get into, right? And then you see Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man film break fabrics of reality. So getting those two in there visually, I think it should blow you out of your water. But I think I think overall it should be a darker film because I think they're going to be exploring some dark stuff to try to break the wrongs that they've done. So I hope we get to see some characters that, like in Batman, are not perfect. They have flaws, and I want yep. to see them ripped open. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I feel like we've been talking about like they bring in these new directors and like this is going to be a new take on, you know, whatever with Marvel. I just don't think they've gone far enough from the the formula, which definitely works and they're all enjoyable movies. But to me, it's just kind of gotten stale. I feel like I've seen it over and over again. So, you know, I don't want to miss out on stuff. So I'm still going to I'm sure I'll still see Doctor Strange and, and these other ones. Um, and maybe there'll be something that um, grabs me in that way. But that's just kind of how I feel about marvel at this point and i'm interested in some other stuff that may be up and coming so but jason do you have any thoughts on kind of where marvel's at and where it's going i just even when like eternals was i feel like such a miss for me just because you get you know a director in fresh off winning best pick best director like and best picture and she makes a pretty nice looking movie that was just another marvel movie to me and worse none of the characters we knew even though shout out Brian Tyree Henry, who I always like, but when that didn't work, I felt like it's not going to work in the way that I want it to. So, but yeah, well, Jason, what do you think? I think for Eternals, I mean, it's, I think it was hard because the last movie I was thinking about that Marvel did that, that came out with like a group or, or a cast of characters that I don't think a lot of the movie watchers understood was probably galaxy or guardians of the galaxy. And that movie was amazing. Um, so I, I almost wonder if people kind of had the same mindset where I didn't know anything about the Eternals before the movie, just being transparent and open with you. I had no idea what to expect. So I did like some digging um, and I I still had no idea how they were going to do the movie. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. It was okay. Cool. But also, I mean, it was right after Spider-Man no way home. That's your first Marvel movie that comes out. So you're like, Oh, probably going to compare those two or wait, no, it was before yep. it was before. It was after Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Well, Shang-Chi was a bit better. Sorry about that. Um, no, I mean, to answer your question, it's, it, you almost feel like Marvel's always coming out with something consistently. Now I'm very excited for moon Knight that comes out very soon um, with Oscar Isaac. And then um I don't even know what's after that. Probably Thor, Love and Thunder comes out in July. So yeah. what what they've been doing is they've been throwing a lot at us. So we, we constantly have something to watch. And I almost feel like some of it's just watered down a little bit because you have so many shows or movies coming out. Um, I did like Loki a lot. WandaVision was pretty good. Loki, really I, good. I, I liked Loki the best because I felt like it was the most significant towards you know the next phase and stuff with jonathan majors coming in at the end and uh-huh. everything that happened there yeah and i liked hawkeye a lot too uh just i mean how they tied it in around like christmas time and family and it it worked if you've seen black widow hawkeye was a little bit better um but i don't really know where they go from here i mean you got guardians 3 coming out i think this year or that's next year but i mean you have 
you got Thor this year, you have Black Panther 2, um, which I'm curious to see how that's going to go, uh, just because I know they've had to stall filming a couple times with, um, with I think the actress who plays Shuri, she was injured yep, a few times for COVID, so it's kind well, of they hard. They should never have tried to make this movie. <laughs> no, they should have kind of just been like, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where they go. I mean, there's a lot they can do. I'm guessing, you know, but but we all grew up watching, not grew up, but we all witnessed everything. And then here's Infinity Wars and Endgame. You're like, boom, like that's kind of Endgame, literally. Um, I'm nervous about Doctor Strange because I think I'm going to have to watch it like three times just to comprehend what the heck just happened. Uh, I'm just watching the trailers and I can already tell it's like sensory overload. Um, so I'm excited for that. Not excited for tom cruise as iron man it's rumored and i hope it's not true what stop 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 <laughs> just 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 throw that out there if they undo um, that one too then i'm really gonna be out yeah there's like a avenging um which they iron can because now, now that they got the multiverse they can do yeah. anybody yeah yeah you could do variants and whatnot um mm-hmm. i'm not sure where they go from here i mean it's phase four right so we're not in five yet or is it five mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. I think we're still in four guys. Okay. <laughs> I think what I think the biggest thing I'm pushing back on is just like the they've already monopolized movies and now they're trying to monopolize TV and I will not stand for it. So I'm going to just out of protest not watch some of these shows. So well, there's too much other good stuff out there. But honestly, I, I feel the same way about Star Wars, which I you guys know me, I care more about Star Wars than any of these things. Um, but I did I only watched like one episode of Boba Fett. I like the Mandalorian, but I'll definitely watch the Obi-Wan show. But some of these other things, I'm not watching Andor, like Bad Batch. I didn't watch the Bad Batch. Yeah, no. I didn't watch it. Needs to, for me, Star Wars, it needs to have some sort of connection to the movies or to like a bigger story than some of this stuff. So so I'm pushing back on all this stuff to some extent. I'll definitely be there for Obi-Wan. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. They need to figure out how to make good movies again. So I would agree. Which leads me to, and I'm putting a lot of hope into this, and we'll see if it works out or not, but the Lord of the Rings show, which is the thing I'm most excited about for the rest of this year, and yeah. we'll I see. I think if you talk about Lord of the Ring nerds, you got three giant Lord of the Ring nerds sitting all on the call right now together. Yeah. I got my mouse pad <laughs> as a map of Middle Earth right here. Yes. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I've been reading the Sil- Silmarillion. I've been getting into all this stuff, so um, very excited about that. Um, we'll definitely have to talk about it as it get clo- gets closer. And then let me just, we can maybe end with this. So if we look at the next two years, um, what is the number one, probably we should probably say movie, but it could be TV as well, franchise thing that you're looking forward to um, in the next two years. So the other things out there could be, I guess there's a Jurassic Park movie. I guess there should be a Mission Impossible at some point. That's not really, you know, what we're talking about here, but. Um, uh, Fantastic Beasts 3, I think, <laughs> is this year too. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Oh, to no. any of our Harry Potter listeners, we're thinking Which, about you. Quick aside on back on Star Wars, how bad they messed up that they had they had to get out there three movies in six years, and now it's been what like four years since the last one. Maybe it's sitting. not even been that long, and they have nothing on the nothing even planned. Like they've had talks, but it, stuff's falling apart, and uh, they just messed up. I don't have any time to talk about that right now, but it's I mean, the shows are doing. I mean, Mandalorian season two is, in my opinion, better than the last three 
Star Wars movies, in my opinion. I love The Last Jedi, but we don't need to get into it right now. But <laughs> no, we don't. Um, Book of, um, Bo- Book of no, Boba Mando Fett was, was a bust, but yeah. But I don't I mean, need to see Luke Skywalker CGI anymore either. Like it was nice for one moment, but I don't need to like just a cameo, right? Just he, w- he just was back one. again. No, Sebastian Stan, give him, give him that. We're just new people, but yeah. Anyway, no, sorry, people. No, Pick sorry. One movie or show that you're most excited about in the next two years for a franchise, uh, Marvel, DC, whatever you have. John Wick Four. Yeah. No, actually, I am. No, I was, as a joke. Sorry. Um, well, uh, Kenobi. I, I love. I, I, I love John, John Wick, Wick, but I still want to stay in like the nerd realm. I'm really excited for. Um... Wait, is Dune Part Two next year? Don't steal my answer. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. No, go ahead. Uh, yes. Kenobi. I'm. I'm yes, very Dune excited for in two years. I'm extremely excited for Kenobi. Um, put you on the spot, Jason, to answer first. If you want to <laughs> steal his answer, it. you go right ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I left it out on purpose. Um, no, seriously though, I'm excited for Kenobi. I mean, that's May 25th. So, um, I'm part of me doesn't want to see a trailer at all. Um, maybe like a small teaser, but I don't want to see anything. I kind of just want to think they're actually going to fight in real life or it's going to be like a vision or something. It'll be CGI probably. (laughs) Gosh, man, that's a good question. It might be. It might. I mean, Messiah, it might be. They're actors. <laughs> it's not real. You telling me a lightsaber is not real? You telling me I'm a liar? Um, Aiden Christensen didn't lose three of his limbs. Oh gosh. You should have. I don't know that. I, that worries me a little bit. But overall, I'm excited for it. No, I'm excited for it. I mean, I've I've seen some like theories. I mean, I don't think really anyone knows until you see a teaser or a trailer. But some theories that he has flashbacks and they're fighting and. Right. And Qui-Gon Jinn is there kind of like counseling him or his spirit is. Um, I don't know. I have zero idea what to expect. I know the timeline is between, well, it's between four or three and four. So so it's like 18 years worth. Yeah. I I have heard that this is probably like the angriest, most powerful Darth Vader is during that timeline. So I'm hoping to see some like, some temper tantrums or some rage better than Kylo Ren. Although I do like Kylo Ren a lot, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, I have no idea what they're going to do with it. So it's kind of up in the air. I'll probably refrain from a trailer if I see one. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's in what, three months, no, two months away, May 25th. Mm -hmm. And it's coming up. So trailer's probably going to drop on May 4th. If you were to guess, but we'll see. But yeah, uh, Kenobi's my, that's my pick. I don't know what to pick. Gotta look at the calendar. No, I don't need to look at a calendar because then I'll start thinking and then we'll just sit here for hours as I go through every single one. Can I pick two? And I'm just going to pick them on like hype first. I want to do hype, but also like it's just secretly guilty pleasure of mine that I just want them to exceed like insanely well. There's two Lord of the Rings show. No, no, absolutely not. Lord of the Rings show, I do want. Like, Lord of the Rings, like, as much of a nerd I am about the Marvel comics and even the DC comics, I've read the Lord of the Rings books. My brother, Andrew, got me hooked on them very early. I watched those. I still watch the original trilogy once every three months, probably. They're just good. They're so good. I can't. So I want the show to do really well. And if I'm going off of other guilty pleasures, they're revamping 
the original 1997, I think, X-Men animated TV show. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm very glad you brought that up. Best opening theme of any cartoon TV show, by the way, ever. So good. So there's no information on that other than the fact that they're working on it. So we they could go so far off the original show from back in the 90s that it's just absolutely terrible. I just want it to really go well because that's that's my original animated TV show. That's my that's my comic book guys on the screen that I watched as a kid over and over and over. I still have the VHSs of that. No yes. joke. I love them. I love them. So I'm real quick, is, mine. is Professor X going to be in that in that Doctor Strange movie or or what? Sorry, what? Um, Patrick Stewart said people have been copying and mimicking his voice for years and years. So, yeah, he's in it. <laughs> you kind of see him, though. I mean, you see an over-the-shoulder... Well, you also, see an over-the-shoulder look of someone who looks like him. It's unrecognizable, bald head. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure Deadpool's in this movie, too. <laughs> In case really? anyone wants to, yeah, if, if, if we just want a random guess or a fact that people come back to this, I'm calling it right now. I think he's in it. And Tom Cruise. So maybe Matt Damon will make another appearance. That's always fun. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> so as I said, my pick would definitely be Dune 2 um, or Dune Part 2, um, Lord of the Rings show as well over the next, hopefully, five years and the five seasons. Um, that's I'm with Cam on that one. Like Dune 2, I'm confident it's going to be good because um, of how good the first one was. Lord of the Rings show is the one where it's like could go either way, but I'm very invested, so hopefully it'll be good. But rumors today, apparently Florence Pugh may be in on Dune Part 2, so that could be a good addition. Yep, and, just saw that. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely my favorite like franchise movie of the past year and one of my favorite movies overall, so... Very excited for that. Glad glad it made it to um, get a part two greenlit and everything. And yeah, only less than two years away. So that's nice too. It's not too much. We did it. We did it. Yep. We campaigned on the podcast and like the next day. So yeah, well, lots of stuff out there. Lots of content to to watch. Um, For those that are maybe, I don't know why anyone would listen to this that's not into franchise stuff, but I'm planning on doing some Oscars talk before the end of the month here too. So get into more of the critical stuff, but the Batman was very good. Um, I'm glad that it, you know, I'm glad that it's here and I'm glad that it's happening. So not really interested in any other DC stuff, but maybe. So any other final thoughts you guys have? Hopefully not too much. From, on the line. Yeah. I think we uh, threw everything out there for the most part. I think if there's any other franchises to, the plug the Jordan Peele expanded universe. Nope. Best coming. Furious. Best and Best Furious 10 coming at you. No, thank you. Yeah, that's a pass for me. It's a fast pass for me. <laughs> I ended at Tokyo know. Drift. <laughs> like, what? How will you know? Fast yeah. five is the best one. I guess. If I if I have nothing else to do for like a week, I'll click play on it. You don't have uh, to watch five? all of them. Just watch Fast Five. <laughs> okay. Fine. I'll watch Fast Five. You heard it here. Josiah and I disagree on most things, but Josiah tweeted about that, and I had just finished episode one, and I was like, he's right. And I wanted to dismiss that. I didn't even do anything with the tweet. You didn't tell me. Uh, no. 
and I didn't tell you until right now, but I'm like, this sucks. 